are you going to be trying to talk about that kind of thing <laughs> on the show? Because no. I don't think I want to talk about it. It's no, because you know I, I'm I'm around a lot here in this area, and uh, it's kind of spooky sometimes <laughs> here in this in this area <laughs> that uh, we call our house. It's um, <laughs> got to tell you, for us mere mortals. <laughs> It's kind of like being on Bewitched, you know? <laughs> you know, being Darren. <laughs> I feel like Darren Stevens. That's what I feel like. Sometimes I, I really do. But, uh, you know, be that as it may. It's 8.48 a.m. Saturday, June the 11th, 2022. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the villain Diane. Show. Wow. I think we nailed that one. <laughs> we got all of that one, darling. While the candles are lit, the little fairy fleck lights are on, and the, 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 the weather outside is nice and gray and gloomy, just the way we like it. And, uh,. Here's to more of that, and I'm sorry for everybody. But I remember when I was a kid on Fox Island, there would be Junes that would just be like rain every day. Oh, yeah. And that's when I learned to swim in the Puget Sound on a ra- when it's raining because it makes the water so much warmer. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I, I, have, I didn't swim in the Puget Sound, but I would go swimming in Lake Washington from time to time, and you're right. It felt different on the yeah. sunny days versus the rainy days. That's true. So there you go. So I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we will still be shifting into that, you know, less pleasant, bright white light of summertime. But I'll tell you, the longer it holds off, the better the plants will like it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they are so. Uh, yeah. Plump. They're flourishing. Yes. They're burgeoning. Burgeoning. Is yes. Aren't they burgeoning? I would say it, it's been a burgeoning week here in Lake Abundance. <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've I've felt like uh, this week was a little less chaotic and and overpowering, overwhelming than the previous week was. But we... this was the week when we crossed into legal territory with our. Uh, governmental interface oh man that was good we've been struggling yeah. we've been struggling with getting medicare going in our lives and, and uh, we've been waiting for one piece of paper that, that they kept telling us for like four weeks in a row oh they're working on it well it was just because we didn't realize that um that i was complicating things once again by already being on disability and being under 65 yeah yeah uh, but it's all my fault yeah. Diane kept taking blame for it this week, which I appreciated because deep down I know we both knew. I got myself a cup of coffee here and I'm going to take me a sip. It was my fault for being here, for being born, for being... <laughs> ah, I am an egg. You know, who I am uh, on the planet. All I want to say about <laughs> this whole period is that Get there's going. a lot of bureaucratic yeah. stuff to do and when you retire. Anybody out there that's, that's heading towards retirement pretty soon... Get the Medicare stuff going just as soon as you legally can, because it uh, it's going to absolutely take longer than you think. 
And there are aspects to this whole thing that, that I don't think people even know about because I wouldn't have known about them if I hadn't lived with a crack research team sitting right next to me in her wizard outfit. <laughs> you know. Uh, well, we actually applied for the Medicare Part B because we were already enrolled in Part A. I was, yeah. I was, well, I applied for it too oh, because right. of my 65th birthday. Right, right, right. So we were already set with that, but we had to apply for Part B. Which is a whole and, separate process. And we did it. We started the process April 8th, yeah. and we just now got Bill's letter. And we were really on tenderhooks, man. I mean, we were biting nails and thinking, is this going to come in time for our retirement? Yeah. So Because everything, yeah. everything was everything changes. About everything it. changes on yeah. June the 30th, or actually on July the 1st. So, so anyway, yeah, I'm so bit thankful. Of a na- bit of a nail biter. Yeah. Bit of a white knuckle experience. So happy to have gotten that letter yesterday, and we went over and got it faxed, and then went over and sent it certified mail. So the you know the belt with the suspenders approach. Yes, a double whammy. Yeah. As they say in the trades. And I think, I mean, last night I, I poured over the, the retirement, the retirement list, checklist. checklist and I was saying, okay, have I done everything? And I think it's all done now. Okay. I mean, everything that I can do, I have done. So, yeah. um, and now so will it get easier from here or is it just going to keep doing, we're going to keep falling into these rabbit holes of bureaucratic uh, hurry up and wait? Well, I think that we'll... It will be easier, but I think that a lot of the things will be more complicated just in how we do medical stuff than it used to be and, and all that. But yeah. I'm okay with that. I just want to make sure we're, we're good. Yeah. So, yeah, that was... Uh, so, for those who are listening, Enos... Both of just, you. Yeah. It is an, an, an interesting topic of conversation but it has been much on our minds uh, to make sure that everything went well because the last thing you want is not to have your insurance taken care of when you're old yeah yeah um and that's the thing that really bothers me is it's just like everything can penalize you if you don't do it right why why what are the what is this law who instituted this law that said, if you don't apply for Medicare in time, you pay a, a higher premium for the rest of your life. Yeah. I do not understand how that became law in this country. Why would we punish someone because they made a, one mistake? We would punish them for the rest of their lives, really? Or sentenced to prison of a kind because we didn't do something on time? Because we didn't know we were supposed to? There's no big, was, there's no big signs hanging saying, "Hey, don't forget to apply for Medicare." You know. Phone's ringing, Diane. The phone rang. Okay. We were trying to figure it out. Now we're back. I just wanted to say that I was starting to talk to my younger friend who is from Canada. Hmm. I was telling him about some of the the issues that we're having, and he said, "Man, that sounds so complex." You know, in Canada, we just go to the doctor and and there's no issue. There's no yeah. red tape at all. And I was saying, yeah, we're pretty, <laughs> we're 
We're pretty... Yeah. Uh, well, Canada probably wasn't founded by a bunch of rich men trying to protect their property. You know? Well, in any event, uh, very happy to have all those things done. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times you think that the exit is going to be easier than the entrance to right. almost anything. Yeah. But it's absolutely the opposite. Right. You know, starting a job, you have a lot of paperwork Paper to fill working, out and yeah. all that. But it's far worse <laughs> exiting. Especially when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, you know, you just kind of, you know, it, feel like, it feels like you're getting hit while you're down. And or on the way down and why it it seems like we're sold a bill of goods that life gets you retire and then just ah oh, you're running through fields of <laughs> you know of grain and stuff amber waved <laughs> and it, it's just not like that and it, it seems uh you know like the climax of a uh <laughs> disheartened existence where you know all you learn from the time you're old enough to notice is bad news about the way things are organized uh, kind of against you. And yeah, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps as long as, for as long as you like, and it's not going to make it any easier. Well, I've been trying to be as attentive as possible uh, to every know, I don't. Detail. I can't imagine anyone having been more attentive than you have been. So that's what, I'm, that's what the message here is. It's complicated. Don't wait. You know, don't put it off because uh, this is going to affect you for a long time. When I was talking to Shelly yesterday, I had a wonderful conversation with Shelly, who I adore. And she was telling me that she had been watching this whole process because she was doing the life coaching for me for retirement. Right. And she said, you know, I've watched you do this because I knew even when you first joined ABC that you that you were going to retire. You had been telling me at that time that you were going to retire when you were 65. And she said, I've watched how you've done this. And I can't imagine any better way of having gone through all, all the exactly. uh, exiting as you have done. You right. know, getting rid of the, or not getting rid, but teaching everybody about what is next to come, telling everybody, informing everybody what's going to happen. She said, I can't imagine anybody exiting in a better way than you have done. Well, there you go. Maybe you'll believe it if Shelley says it. <laughs> yeah. For you, to sitting around listening to you telling, telling me all week that you had made a mistake and you should have done this and you did this wrong. And I'm like, what do you... How? You know, there's no place to get the information that you would have needed to have started this process earlier. Yeah, that's it, true. That place does not exist. So uh, I know that you have researched everything that and gotten every bit of information about this that you can find. And, you know, if, if you can't find it, then you could put the next 10 people together in a room and, none, and they wouldn't be able to find it working together. So I don't know. Anyway. That's not all that happened this week. We did a poetry break on Tuesday night. That was a lot of fun. That continues. That's a nice collection of poems, and the, and it was funny because you came to me at the kind of the last minute, the and, la said, and said, well, I, "I just, want I just more needed poetry. a couple more. I just because I'd been reading mostly the same stuff I've been reading for a while during the week, 
and I didn't want to do the same stuff again. And I just kind of, that just kind of occurred to me sometime on Tuesday. And I knew that if I came and asked you, you'd be able to come up with something. So well, you said you, you wanted to write, uh, to read some women uh, yeah. uh, poets. Because I've been reading women poets, but I've been reading the same women poets for a few weeks, you know, and Ruth Stone and, and uh, what's her name? Eileen. Uh, Eileen Miles, yeah. And I love that poetry, but I don't want to just sit in it, you know. Well, man, I could mix it up. More. I could sit in Mary Oliver's poetry forever, but yeah, but you did Naomi Shihab Nye. Right. Well, because I love her oh, yeah. poetry, me too. And I just thought, well, this is an opportunity for me to read a few poems I haven't read by her. So I went into the Poetry Foundation um, website yeah. and just picked a few of the titles that I liked, you know, <laughs> and powerful poetry but the one that struck me the most was the one she wrote during the pandemic because i felt like it was so representative of our experience of it she was still sort of saying how the connection was still there and you were able to have that yeah um and that's been our experience i mean we we still are are pretty much isolating most of the time so because we're old you know i mean i i think one field of of uh, experience kind of melds with the other you know i think we're moving into a period of time where we're going to be just the two of us here in the, the house a lot which is probably i know it's my pretty much my favorite place to be on the planet why would i want to go anywhere else most well, days but like yesterday i went and had coffee with kelly and i hadn't seen face to face for a while and it was great it's like you, you're around somebody in person you get this 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 uh, something happens in your body. Uh, some kind of a chemical is released in you that you've forgotten. You know? Well, what I mean by I know but, what, I know what you mean. But we aren't going out the way that no. we once did. Yeah. So we're not going up to the diner. We're not. Uh, we're not. Uh, we're going, not going we're to not concerts. Go, yeah, we're not going so. to music events or you know my music events and stuff like that. It's going to be a different kind of experience in retirement. I was thinking that once you retired, then we could go around. And I could play music all over, and it'd be groovy, and we could. You know, do some things, but that's a little different. Now I'm going to have to go around and read poetry everywhere. Interesting uh, to think back on uh, this one professor that I absolutely adored, and he retired, and I had moved on in my own, uh, you know, I had graduated, but he had, I think he, I think he at least went on sabbatical before I left. I don't know whether he retired before I left, but he wasn't there in my last year. I actually, because he, he was also my advisor. One of my favorite, favorite professors. Absolutely adored him. Hmm. And so uh, about a year after I graduated, I was going down to Tacoma for some purpose and I asked whether I could meet with two of my favorite professors while I was down there, Dr. Seal and Dr. Ragstad. And Dr. Ragstad was the one who had either retired or was on his way. And I remember I went over there for lunch and I'd never met his wife and it was very quiet in the house. We had like tuna sandwiches, you know, something very humble, but delicious nonetheless yeah uh i remember how quiet and still it was and how i admired that yeah. 
because uh, there was just something so thoughtful and paced, a different kind of pace than what I was used to in my youth. And I think a lot of times that's something that young people really do like being around older people because it slows them down out of their frenetic activity. Mm -hmm. So instead of the older people thinking, well, I've got to match the young people, I think they have to stay in their... Stay in their lane. <laughs> stay in their lane. <laughs> and be the, the people who somewhat provide that respite and right. quiet and the ability to think. And yeah. I just remember that conversation wow. so much. And I do remember that feeling because up until that time, I'd always seen him in an active profession. Um, he was always older when right. I was in his class, but um, I didn't see him as a, a, that quiet as I did when I went to visit him with his wife at their home but i just remember loving the feeling in that place yeah and i think it's something that that younger people crave to be in the presence of someone if you're not being judgmental of them you know that's yeah. that's the the problem that many older people provide to younger people is that they start being judgmental of their lives and then it's not a very happy place even if it's quiet <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm ready for uh, a more contemplative kind of existence. At least what I've experienced of it so far, I am uh, all up in it. And it seems, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to live with you. Um, <laughs> not that it isn't interesting already, but I think it's going to get more interesting because you're going to be busier than you've ever been in your life. But you're going to be there's going to be a sense of fulfillment in it and a kind of a, a sense of energetic uplift in you that is going to feel strange at first uh, but well has, i already it has feel to it do, coming it, yeah so. it has to do with being able to play in your favorite places in your in your doing your favorite things and just play in it you know and to recognize that you have permission now to just play but you are, it's, so it's like being a kid again in that sense because, you know, there is no time, there is no deadline, there is no got to be done by kind of thing um, unless it's, the, you know, when, whenever you and I decide that we're going to end our work day, you know, and, or our play day, you know. I'm going to go upstairs and play. <laughs> I'm going to stay down here and play. <laughs> you know, I've got play to do. You know, that's what we should start doing. We should just start referring, replace yeah. the word work with play. You know, because that's but I'm what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm just playing around with words all the time, and I just think that's endlessly fun. So, well, I've already begun some of my endeavors, huh. as I mentioned. Really? So um, that's I... why it's so spooky when I come downstairs sometimes. Because <laughs> you're this is the way it's going to be. Is the house going to be full of smoke like this all the time? <laughs> Is there going to be this uh, this kind of uh, a strange kind of you know geysery smell, kind of like I'm in Yellowstone Park? What are kind of you like, talking about? I have no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I just uh, I have been pursuing actively some of my 
my interests, but I, I feel like they are really beaten at my door at this point. Mm-hmm. It's cool to watch. It's fun. I like it. So, speaking of retirement, isn't there a song somewhere? Yes, this is another song from Gary's Spotify retirement playlist for me. Right. And uh, it really is a great song. Um, although, I must say at this point, yeah. uh, I think I may have told people on other Bill and Diane shows that I have always really had a hard time <laughs> listening to Bob Dylan. Um I really appreciate his songs when they're sung by somebody else. Um, But I just, I don't know. I always, when I think about Bob Dylan, I think about car trips with Gary when we were in high school. And we used to always, when we were going on a vacation, my parents would be up front and we'd have a little tape cassette um, in the back with us that we would listen to whatever music that we wanted to listen to. Whenever Gary would be pulling out the Bob Dylan, I was just like, no, no, don't, no, not that. And Gary has for a very, very long time, uh, tried to instill in me an appreciation for Bob Dylan, uh, through many aspects. Uh, one of them being going, uh, we went to a concert, with Bob Dylan and Tom Petty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they did a whole tour together. And I remember uh, just, it just was, I just didn't get into it, but it was unfortunately marred by the fact that there was somebody in the back of us through the entire concert going, Bob Dylan! <laughs> you were thinking, Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> However, did, didn't it's Tom Petty very... and the Heartbreakers open the show? Wasn't that a good set? Well, you know, they, did they do their own set? Uh, yeah, they yeah. did their own set, but I was not really familiar with oh. Tom Petty at that time, and I I don't think I appreciated the set as much as I would now. Yeah, you know, I get you. Because a lot of times when you're seeing somebody for the first time in a in a big concert with lots of people around, it's really hard to uh, get into their songs for me. Right. I've, I've found that to be true. I, yeah, I have you, to kind of know the songs. Yeah, if you weren't familiar with Tom Petty. Uh, because actually the, uh, the crowds do diminish your ability to really appreciate the songs yeah. uh, in that case. Yeah. But, and then Bob Dylan was wearing spandex. I do remember that, thinking... Yeah. Huh? <laughs> it just he, he looks sort of funny in that outfit. <laughs> sort of funny. Um, yeah, sort of funny. Yeah. And but I do remember uh, <laughs> enjoying it nonetheless. Just being hanging out with Gary and and being able to laugh afterwards about that guy in the back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where you go through this thing that is absolutely irritating, but. Looking it back upon it, you can really laugh about it for hours. Yeah. You know? So, um, another trial run at Gary's trying to get me to appreciate the Bob Dylan. And the funny thing is that every time that Gary would play me a Bob Dylan song, 
mean, or he, I would, he would play it. He on would his play guitar, it on his guitar, on his guitar yeah. and sing it. And he particularly did a great job on this on the leopard skin pillbox hat. Yeah. Oh God, he just cracked me up when he would <laughs> sing that song. And then I would try to listen to it by Bob Dylan. I was like, Oh God, Gary. Okay. Well, okay. So, okay. Anyway, but that being said. I don't know. I always liked Bob Dylan. I mean, the only Bob Dylan album I had in my formative years, which 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 would be probably middle school and high school, when I was had decided I wanted to be a singer songwriter, the only Bob Dylan album I had was his Greatest Hits album, and I I played it a lot. I played it a lot, but I didn't get into him and his back catalog until Blood on the Tracks. Blood on the Tracks is what blew my kind of blew my hair back with Bob Dylan as a songwriter now my friend Jim and I have discussions about blood on the tracks a lot because he thinks it's a complete abomination and totally phony baloney and Bob Dylan just trying to be Bob Dylan and <laughs> you know I, I look at Jim and I just go so what's your point <laughs> how does how is this supposed to relate to my appreciation of the songs on blood on the tracks because it there's some of the best songs I've ever heard in my life are on that album, and to this day, are. It's just you know, Lily to... Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts, uh, you know, uh, uh, Buckets of Rain. Uh, you know, there's just everything on that album. Idiot Wind, come on. Yeah. Well, as a lyricist, he is. He is unmatched. He is unmatched yeah. as a lyricist and as a constructor of songs. His voice is an acquired taste. And that's the same thing that happened with Jim. I mean, Jim's whole presentation was an acquired taste, but you had to kind of, once you got in Jim's groove, it was a beautiful ride and you wanted to be on it for the rest of your life. That's right. But you had to move into his into it in a certain kind of way. So. Well, and I think that, uh, I think it's very interesting that you bring up Jim because for me, uh, Jim's voice isn't that... Yeah. Melodic, exactly. No, no. Um, but that's why he was I, always compared to Bob Dylan when he was young. I mean, yeah. First of all, he's a guy, one guy with a guitar, but uh, you know, there's there's nothing about Jim that is Bob Dylan. But I remember when when I first saw Jim, it was <coughs> live, and I was introduced to him as the whole package: the personality, the patter, the and so. Maybe if I had been introduced to Bob Dylan in that way, it right. would not have bothered me. Right. If you had seen but, Bob Dylan at a little club in New York, Greenwich Village in you know, yeah. the 60s or something like that, you probably would have been on board. I think I would. Yeah. And especially listening to this song that Gary had on the Spotify playlist, I really did like it. Yeah. You know, And especially appreciated the lyrics. And I thought that this particular song that was on the Spotify playlist would be good during this week because of all the political machinations that are going on right now. Right. Um, it's fascinating to me to think how old these songs are and how little things have changed. Yeah. So it always makes me feel like this is the, the next permutation of the same story. And for some reason that always gives me 
a sense of where we are in the universe rather than thinking, oh, poor little picked on us. You know, these things are happening during our time. It's our fault because we didn't do anything about it. Oh, no. It makes me feel like this is the the grand drama we are always playing out uh, against, you know. I mean, the the backdrop that we are playing our lives against. So, And, you know, who was it? It was Jack Gilbert. You know, if you spend your life looking only at the bad stuff, then you are praising the devil. Yeah. You know, or praising evil. And that doesn't make sense. There's a, there's a lot of life to be lived. And um, I don't know, human life is a precious thing. And one needs to be aware of the precious parts of it, too. Uh, open your uh, have a wider field of experience and you know what you let in yo pardon me I'm having a drink of coffee that was a strange little, weird little <laughs> sentence there you boy yeah, I gotta do some creative that's good coffee editing on that later write <laughs> this ship right before the ending here well we are um, for Gary's retirement playlist we are going to go over uh, because I have more songs. There are more songs than there are Saturdays. Uh, yes, oh. but the well, mostly because when he did the songs, they were just one song, or it, they were. We have been adding to his playlist by right. the way that we've been doing this. Yeah. Uh, for example, he only had "Cats in the Cradle" from Harry Chapin, and we added "Dreams Go By," yeah. um, but. Interestingly, I think that his retirement playlist has a before and after quality to it anyway. Right. You know, the things oh, yeah. that you're noticing about work and then the release from work. Right. So I think that it'll be the You think perfect, it'll work out okay? It will be the perfect thing. That's great. And I love having <laughs> I love having this this uh playlist that he made up so that so that I uh, am in adventuring into new territory than I usually would. So. Thanks, Gear. Darkness at the break of noon Shadows, even the silver spoon The handmade blade, the child's balloon Eclipses both the sun and moon To understand you know too soon There is no sense in trying Threats they bluff with scorn Suicide remarks are torn From the fool's gold mouthpiece The hollow horn plays wasted words Proves to warn that he not busy being born Is busy dying Temptation's page flies out the door You follow, find yourself at war Watch waterfalls of pity roar You feel the moan, but unlike before You discover that you just be one more person crying So don't fear If you hear A foreign sound To your ear It's all right, Ma. I'm only sighing. 
as some worn victory, some downfall. Private reasons, great or small, can be seen in the eyes of those that call to make all that should be killed to crawl. While others say don't hate nothing at all except hatred. Disillusion words like bullets bark as human gods aim for their mark. Make everything from toy guns that spark to flesh colored Christ that glow in the dark. It's easy to see without looking too far that not much is really sacred. Our preachers preach of evil fates. Teachers teach that knowledge waits can lead to hundred dollar plates. Goodness hides behind its gates. But even the president of the United States sometimes must have to stand naked. And though the rules of the road have been lodged, it's only people's games. Hey, you got to dodge, and it's all right, Ma. I can make it. Advertising signs they con you into thinking you're the one that can do what's never been done, that can win what's never been won. Meantime, life outside goes on all around you. You lose yourself, you reappear. You suddenly find you got nothing to fear. Alone, you stand with nobody near. When a trembling, distant voice, unclear, startles your sleeping ears to hear that somebody thinks they really found you. A question in your nerves is lit, yet you know there is no answer fit to satisfy. Ensure you not to quit, to keep it in your mind, and not forget that it is not he or she or them or it that you belong to. But though the masters make the rules for the wise men and the fools. I got nothing more to live up to. For them that must obey authority that they do not respect in any degree, who despise their jobs, their destiny, speak jealously of them that are free. Do what they do just to be nothing more than something they invest in. While some on principles baptized to strict party platform ties, social clubs in drag disguise, outsiders they can freely criticize, tell nothing except who to idolize and say God bless him. While one who sings with his tongue on fire gargles in the rat race choir, bent out of shape from society's pliers, cares not to come up any higher, but rather get you down in the hole that he's in. But I mean no harm, nor put fault on anyone. 
that lives in a vault But it's all right, Ma If I can't please him Lady judges watch people in pairs, limited in sex, they dare to push fake morals, insult and stare, while money doesn't talk, it swears, obscenity, who really cares, propaganda all is phony. them that defend what they cannot see with a killer's pride security it blows their minds most bitterly for them to think death's honesty won't fall upon them naturally life sometimes must get lonely collide head on with stuffed graveyards false goals i scuff at pettiness which plays so rough walk upside down inside handcuffs kick my legs to crash it off say okay i've had enough what else can you show me and if my thought dreams could be seen they'd probably put my head in a guillotine But it's all right, Ma. It's life and life only. Life and life only. 